the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com. With your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. And clap. Thank you. Hey, uh, everybody. It's just Chris today. It's a Saturday. It's a special special time, special episode. Coming back after a two-week hiatus. Uh, I can't remember why we didn't record two weeks ago. Last week, we didn't record. Actually, this past Wednesday, we didn't record because we're just getting back in from... Um, Waftiac, W-A-A-F-T-I-A-A-C in Austin, uh, the second um, iteration of the We Agnostics and Free Thinkers in AA conference. Um, it was phenomenal. You can see a talk that uh, Joe C. of Rebellion Dogs organized that he was kind enough to invite uh, myself and Tammy Salas to speak on called Living Cyber. You can watch the video at sincerightnow.com backslash home on the front page. Also the recoveryrevolution.online. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was just a, a phenomenal conference. It was very um, enlightening, particularly as you know, someone outside the rooms in general um, to be in this space where it was atheists, agnostics, free thinkers, and me, um, other. So, uh, yeah, that, and then just a little bit of housekeeping before I let Christy and Claire back on the since right now pod waves to, um, drop extinction level truth bombs. Uh, a couple of things, please continue to check out all the shows on the since right now dot network, including the new edition, um, Drop the Needle, which is a phenomenal recovery music podcast that you have to hear to believe. Um, it's with Paul Fur and a couple of his buddies, and I apologize for not mentioning their names, but uh, check it out at sincerightnow.network and, uh, and and give it a listen. It's just a great. It's called been called all things all songs considered for the recovery community. Uh, that. And please check out on our own dot supply dot com for all your since right now recovery revolution etc merch. I would love it if you bought a tier two to help uh, defray some of the costs of keeping this all running. Um, we are on holiday hours kind of, so it'll be maybe not as much, not as regular content through maybe mid January. But we're going to try to keep stuff coming, and we have some cool stuff coming up. Not the least of which is Claire and Christie, who I'm just going to tap in right now Claire and Christy hi Chris <laughs> hey. could you guys hear me yes okay oh, yeah it was great okay um yeah so Claire Christy they're back again to um do what they do um if you haven't listened to the first episode I highly recommend checking it out the links are on the site the Re- recovery revolution dot online and you can see I, I don't know if you guys are going to pick up on themes and, and topics that you, you began in the first, I'll be, it'll be new to me. I'll be surprised as well. How about that? 
Sounds good. And cool. I'm just going to, I guess, turn it over to you unless you want me to hang out and, um, I don't know, spit hot fire no. over a beat. No gonna... boys allowed. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Chris. Okay. Sorry. Uh, okay, so you're not going to be. You can stay, but you have to put a bag over your head. <laughs> oh, you mean another one? Another Get the bag, bag. Okay. Chris. Get the bag. <laughs> All right, as long as I don't have to put any lotion in a basket. Um, that was last yeah. week. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, you know how this works. I'm going to turn off my mic, and I'll be back to um, with the cane to pull you off stage in about an hour. Okay. You're so good. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. I'm going to miss you guys. Bye. Oh, miss you too. Bye. That was cute. Yeah. For anybody who, who hasn't already listened to part one, this is the first time Christy and I are actually meeting face to face. Yes, we're in the same house. We're in the same location. The I'm same within room. three feet of... I just, I just poked her. She's touching me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with it. Um, yeah, so the selfies are real. Christy is mm-hmm. very attractive. I'm very attractive. But very angry. <laughs> Men, men of the world, men of the world, be aware. This is the so she's the, so angry. I'm so angry. It's actually radiating heat right now. <laughs> My fury. And Claire's also very attractive and very tall. Yeah, we're very tall. Together. I'm wearing platforms, and I'm so shorter than Claire. I get that a lot. I think I'm just a lot shorter <laughs> on the internet. I don't yeah. know, but uh, yeah, it's great to be here in yes. Christy's house with her. Two beautiful golden retrievers who are asleep under the table right now, kind of with their backs against each other, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, Yeah. she's uh, uh, we're sitting in a in a room next to her library, um, which is at least a full wall of books. Yeah, I might have taken a look. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like um, I feel like when when you look at somebody's collection of of books, you know, you're sort Mm -hmm. of seeing what's inside their head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was really reassuring to see that we've read so many yeah, of the same things or that we own so many of the same things mm-hmm. I have that problem of I, I love to buy books and um, and I am not as good at reading them as I am at buying mm-hmm. them um, but uh, and also because of where I work I work at Amazon I have access to a lot of pre-publication books we have oh. a free book room oh girl which is just insane I mean it's feast or famine like mm-hmm. you it's kind of like if you need the perfect pair of like black flats you won't find them but you'll find that when you're just walking around yeah um it's the same you go there and, and you'll be like oh my god you know new Louise Penny book three months early or like what is all this randomness? <laughs> you know? unfortunately <laughs> right 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 <laughs> so um but yeah so I have a lot I get a lot of stuff that way too and you're fun yeah and and you're getting ready to read the new Zadie Smith which I'm so yeah. jealous of I'm gonna start um I'm finishing the new Maria Semple which is awesome is it is yeah that, that's not out yet it is out okay it's been so out a couple weeks it didn't come out of the room no I went <laughs> looking for it <laughs> did you really <laughs> it's not because I mind buying them I just want I want everything soon yeah you know I want everything really early but she's um, a local writer she is a local she's writer local yeah yeah in fact I took a, a writing class um about six months ago with um, David Gates at this place called Hugo House locally. And we're all gathering. There's like 10 people in the room around a seminar table. And all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know. I just started picking up on the things this woman was saying. And I looked at her and I was like, I think that's Maria Simple. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then I heard someone be like, Maria. And I was like, oh, my it's God. definitely her. Oh my God, what did you God. do? Well, were you I, cool? I would not be cool. I was like frozen. <laughs> I was sort of like be cool, be cool. (laughs) I did introduce myself because my brother-in-law runs a bookstore here in Seattle and they had done a, um, 
a little thing together where they went and delivered it was like the new what JK Rowling writes is like Robert Galbraith now or something. Okay. It was during this whole foo There was a, a big scandal going on with Amazon. I forgot what it is. Cause mm-hmm. it's sort of like always something. Mm-hmm. And so they delivered things same day um, to customers houses, which is a super cool thing for this book store to do. It was a nice little PR stunt. And, um, and she came along with him. So on the front page in the New York times, I got up and there was a picture of like my brother-in-law Whoa. and Maria Supple. And so I was able to, so I said, Oh, I think, you know, my brother-in-law. Um, very good. Yeah. Yeah. It was awkward because she really, really hates Amazon. Um, now, as far as I know, she her books are sold on Amazon. Yeah. I assume she takes royalties from them, but, um, huh. <laughs> but, but, um, but it was, it was a little bit like, Oh, what do you do? And I was like, you know. I work for a, <laughs> a large local company. I said, special. I work <laughs> she said, Oh, I just, you know, usually I just with friends, we just agree not to, not to, we just agree to overlook the Amazon thing. And What's I was, the deal with that. I was just kind of like, well, all right, lady, you know, that's kind of silly. Yeah. You know, it's a very Seattle is the kind of town that likes to hate itself. Um, Portland has a little bit yeah. of that where it's like a real emphasis on like, well, this is local, but that's right. not local. Right. Like Nike mm-hmm. probably like it. That probably doesn't count as local, even though it's Nike, I mean, that's kind of, it's yeah. so suburban. I know. Right. I right. think there's a lot of local pride around like sports brands yeah. and, and that kind of thing. But like the, the Portland hipster being distinct from the California hipster who right. moved there. Right. You know, or, you know, is this company, was this company started by people who are native to Portland or are they carpet Right. Carpet bag, right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's un- undeniably, I mean, Seattle, like the Amazon employee base is something like quadrupled in the last 10 Whoa. years. And it has un- undoubtedly driven up housing prices. I mean, it's yeah. changed the fabric of Seattle yeah. in a way that a lot of people don't like. Um, so, you know, I get that, but she's like an ex Simpsons writer or something That's like, so like she's me. not someone who's being driven out yeah. of town. She by, hasn't been, you know, she, no, she's not pilloried by no, Amazon. No, no, no. It's so, so strange. Yeah. yeah but I just think that's kind of, I don't know. I, I feel like I've seen that elsewhere. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Where you're, you're right. It's like, it's okay to be successful, but if you become too successful, right. you're a sellout or you're right. uncool. Right. Um, which is a problem I'm looking forward to having, frankly. Uh, <laughs> like that's well, it is. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, you think about it. I mean, you your essay that has been her, the essay heard around the world at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Oprah read it. Oh, positive. Better have. Oprah would love at least it. Gail. Oh, Gail. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, how how did it? How does that compute with like kind of like because you have a pretty punk rock aesthetic, you know, you're, yeah, you're very like DIY, and, yeah, <laughs> DIY, and and you know a lot of ownership about mm-hmm. like your identity and mm-hmm. and um you know your writing is is gritty and, and mm-hmm. honest and I, I love that about it. So I mean, is do you have a fear of becoming like too successful? <laughs> Which is a total woman question, I know. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm um, pretty sure David Foster Wallace was not asking right. himself the same question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, I have equal and opposing fears of being too successful and not successful at all. Um, I, it's like, <laughs> here's the, here's the part of the podcast where there's total silence while Chris she's thinking, <laughs> she's like, these are expensive uh. <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> like on the one hand, now that I'm actually, you know, I have a contract for this book, it's coming out and like the year and change. <laughs> um, so cool. I have to do my cover questionnaire and I oh my can't, God. if my editor's listening, I, it's freaking me out, man. Uh, she's 
She's working on it. She's working on it. It's going to be brilliant. It's like, what would the ideal for your jacket, ideal book jacket be for you? And I'm like, I don't know. One Gold. that sells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Titanium. Something you know? with cool printing on the inside. On the inside. Secret text yeah. on the inside. Of the, of it would the... really be one of those where it's printed directly on the book, like the Chris Adrian book we were just yeah. looking at. But I'm like, I'm not going to ask for that for my first book. That would be gorgeous. Um, but yeah, on the one hand, I'm afraid, like, I've always been afraid that I'll come across this as crazy as too accessible, hmm. like as too, you know what I'm saying in a way that men won't take seriously. I think that's what I'm saying. You'll be the, your reader will dismiss you for being basic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I relate to her so much. She must be, just she must like be anybody. just really basic. Wow. Yeah. Like it's, which is, is, which is kind of backwards. Cause that's a writer's, I mean, a memoir I mean, writer's what? job is to give that person a keyhole into right. your life. But where I they, never, they get it. I never thought I'd be a memoir writer. Hmm. Um, but so that's a fear on one hand. And of course that's how you end up making like a lot of money and getting mm -hmm. to a lot of readers because mm -hmm. people can actually relate to you as a human you. being. You know? I have three words for you. <laughs> Eat. I, exactly. Pray. <laughs> love. love. Didn't I see that coming, did you? You know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say Glennon Doyle Melton. God damn it. She's dating That's Gabby Wombat. I know. Which I know. Look very happy for well, them both. She and and Elizabeth Gilbert mm -hmm. have both just like blown just up, crossed over. And Cheryl Strayed have blown up because yeah. something about them is relatable. Well, the amazing the thing about Eat, Pray, Loves, I um I read that, um, it had just come out. I think it's before it was even like because I've been reading Elizabeth Gilbert since she yeah. was like a literary fiction writer mm -hmm. or something, and I was in a little fishing village in Jamaica. Um, when I read it and I had interviewed at Amazon like two days before and had then basically flown directly to this like little village in Jamaica. And I read that book. I thought it was a great book. It gets mm -hmm. so much shit mm -hmm. for being fun to read. Um, and I remember thinking, because reading is not fun, right? Reading supposed to be hard. FYI, <laughs> you know? it builds character to <laughs> <Right>. read. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was so funny. And, um, and I just loved it and you yeah. know, high bar. And I thought, and it actually kind of made me decide that when I got back to the States, if I got offered the job, which I was pretty sure I would be, that I would take it and I would uproot my entire life. That's awesome. And move to Seattle. And I got the job. I was in the Orlando airport and they called me and, um, you know, and offered me the job. And yeah, so that book kind of changed my life, which makes me very basic, I think. I mean... I think that that's the task of a book is to change your life yeah. or change your thinking. Mm -hmm. or... It made it seem possible. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm all, I've always been on like team Elizabeth Gilbert. I think she's like, like her creativity book didn't really do it for me. I didn't bother. Yeah. I read yeah. Eat, Pray, Love. I read Eat, yeah. Pray, Love with the same sense of like, you know, blonde white woman guilt where yeah. it's like, should yeah. I? It's just so, it's just so intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, in an age where, um, where I feel like my background, which is, you know, the riot girl movement mm -hmm. and the punk scene and all of that, you know, and doing yeah. hard drugs and running around like subverting the patriarchy. Um, am I allowed to enjoy something that is created as a safe space for me? Right. And when I read it, um, that's sort of how I felt. I felt mm -hmm. like I was being sort of inducted into this like women's group. You know, mm -hmm. I was able to look at the other women around me and be like, I bet you like to eat, pray, love. Right. And there right. were parts of it that I did like. Yeah. I did not, yeah. I did not care for the extended uh, scenes about meditation. I thought I wouldn't old. want to be in your head either. You yeah. sound annoying. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I loved her descriptions of the food in, yeah. in um, Italy in particular. Yeah. But yeah, for, for me, I mean, I have the same thing. Like mm -hmm. I, I've had to come to terms, um, 
with the fact that I may be lovable, but mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily likable. Right. Um, and being okay with the fact that I'm pretty weird and that people mm-hmm. are not going to understand m- where I'm coming from. Right. And be right. okay with that. Yeah. Um, I was in LA a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm working with addictionunscripted.com right now. Um, it's a fantastic group. Um, and I, I had a great opportunity to meet that team in person. And there was a lot of talk. I met, I met several folks who, um, sort of run a sober lifestyle brand Mm -hmm. around based around like the same principles in eat, pray, love, Mm -hmm. like serenity and meditation Mm -hmm. and a lot of Instagram Mm -hmm. memes, um, you know, about like inspirational living. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is this, yeah, I, I couldn't do that. No, no. And I, I want to feel like that. Like Mm -hmm. I would, I would love to feel like that. Awesome! You wake up and you're like, "I'm a fucking unicorn today, world." What? what? (laughs) I would love that, Mm -hmm. but um, it just doesn't. It doesn't compute. No, Mm -hmm. it just my brain just doesn't work that way. Yeah. But I had to kind of. It's like funny. I kind of grew up like the punk and new wave scene, but also was very much like a white upper middle class girl, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, like Elizabeth Gilbert and I are probably a lot alike in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways, similar education and all that. And so for me, it's become a a way, and I. I could pass for that any day of the week, you know, um, it's been a matter of kind of backing into my weirdness, I think Mm. without, you know, without being, without backing away from who I am in some ways. I mean, I did grow up in like Boca Raton, Florida. Like like, this is who I am. I'm very comfortable in a mall. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know how to shop the mall. It's a controlled environment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like my shoes and all that kind of thing, you know, I I am sort of like basic white girl in some ways, but I'm also kind of weird and, and I'm less concerned about being likable than I used to be because I just, it's not really worth it. Like you Mm -hmm. have to, you have to work really hard to have everyone like you. Yeah. Um, I don't want everybody to like no. me. God, so many more people these days. I'm just like, please don't mm. like me. Well, no, I don't want my income to be based on whether or not somebody no. likes me. No. I'm not a stripper. Right. Right. That's right. If right. I wanted that, I would go and, and dance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, then, yeah. And then you only have to be likable then I, for two minutes at a time. Yeah. For I several can, hundred I bucks. Do that. hundred bucks, baby. <laughs> under the table. <laughs> and I picked the song. Right. <laughs> you can pick the song. But no, I, I think that, um, I mean, you're with your essay and I mean, me to some degree, I feel mm-hmm. like I've been writing more and more about like, you know, the things that I did when I was in active addiction, mm-hmm. um, and, and my recovery since, um, I've been trying to kind of reconcile that, that slice of the recovery community that does like, mm-hmm. that does you know, recovery coaching or right. that does write inspirational blog stuff. And as much as I appreciate that stuff and do benefit mm-hmm. from it, yeah, me too. Um, yeah. I feel like there's this sense of responsibility that I have now about the stories that I tell about addiction and recovery that mm-hmm. I didn't have before. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you mean like to be, to tell a different, to have a different slant or? I feel, um, okay. So one of the, one of the biggest freedoms that I found, um, in the last, I mean, I'll have 10 years in this coming July, mm-hmm. which is a miracle. Yeah. I don't throw yeah. that word around. Like that. That's a fucking miracle. Um, yeah. And uh, it is a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but somewhere around the five year mark, you know, I was going to AA meetings mm-hmm. and working really hard. My life was 
finally starting to kind of come together. Mm -hmm. I was feeling more sure of myself. I had better opportunities, Mm -hmm. which I think is partially like the age that I was. Yeah. And just figuring my shit out. But also definitely because of the community I was part Mm -hmm. of. And I just remember sitting in an AA meeting and realizing that one of the greatest freedoms I was going to be able to have was not saying something for the express purpose of inspiring somebody else. Yeah. Like yeah. the freedom of sitting in a meeting and saying, you know what? Sometimes it doesn't get better. Right. Right. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, not sitting there and feeling like I got to fucking put a bow on this. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, pretend like I believe that there's hope down the tunnel. Like mm-hmm. sometimes there just fucking isn't. No, things just suck sometimes. Uh, case in point, 2016. <laughs> Such as recently. See recent events. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I have the same thing. Like I don't, there's this great Onion article that's about, like, <laughs> it's something like area women spend entire evening validating the shit. Yes! Just, until they're, like, 86 <laughs> from the bar. Girl, right. I'm going to validate you. It's like, girl, I love you. Girl, mm-hmm. you don't need choice him. is amazing. Yeah, exactly. And I cannot I can't deal. stand it. I can't do it. I just can't deal it. I, mm. I mean, I like to be validated in my own way. I like to validate people in my own way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when it's just, like, women being, like, Oh, my lady friends are so beautiful. I'm what? like, what? are they? Do they know. have to be? I don't know. Like, Does it what? matter? You're right. I'm right. a brain in a jar. Are they have to be like the <laughs> best, most special ladies in yeah. the world? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, stop. It's, it's exhausting. To it me. is exhausting. I don't, and, and I think some of the, the reaction to Anjali was sort of like, well, why aren't you supporting women? Why aren't you empowering yeah. women? You got some criticism about yeah. like being a bad feminist. Right. Or like, Which I was like, well, cool. Like, I would. It's <laughs> like thank you. You did that right. I did that right. If Roxanne Gay is doing it, I want to do it too. Yeah. Um, but I, but it was also kind of like, well, why do I have to? I don't think supporting. I, I don't think I have to support a whole gender no. doing anything. No. Um, especially if I think it's a bad thing that they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just kind of strange. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think I think the the pressure to like co-sign right. on somebody else, and this is something that that in my reading I come up against mm-hmm. frequently. Um, you know, I read really broadly. Um, I, I, you know, I review books for mm-hmm. forward reviews. I read some things that I find controversial or, or frankly just, you know, backwards. Yeah. And um, it's, well, when I initially started reading, you know, for money essentially, mm-hmm. um, I tried so hard to keep an open mind mm-hmm. and just like meet the book at its level and mm-hmm. try to see what the author was trying to offer. And after five years of that, it's like, I think this is a piece of trash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this book that you have poured your heart into mm-hmm. is maybe it's just me or maybe it's just not good. Right. And it's been really, really hard to to be okay with like being the bad guy sometimes mm-hmm. and like giving the bad review. Yeah. I also yeah. had to realize that if I love everything and if all of my friends are gorgeous and everything's going right, great. Then nothing special. Exactly. Right? Then yeah. it's a null value. <laughs> right, right. If right. everything's if everything gets a five star review, then mm-hmm. your five stars has no value. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm comfortable at this point. Like, like John and John's my husband and I will say things like, oh yeah, that was pretty good. It was like a two and a half star movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a good airplane movie. Like I'm <laughs> fine with some of my life being like that. Like not everything has to be a perfect experience. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm happy watching like my, my two and a half star movie. As long as I get mm-hmm. a lot of great art in my life too. That's really important to me. Yeah. Um, but I don't, but yeah, I also don't waste my time on stuff that I think I'm just, that I can just yeah. tell 
I'm not going to like. Yeah. No. I felt that way about uh, Wild. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. not like Wild. I, I read haven't read it. I saw Girl. the movie. I did not see the movie. Okay, I read good. the first 30, 30 or 40 pages because mm -hmm. my mom, Susan Rudy, who is an mm -hmm. excellent reader, um, <laughs> said when I was young, she always gave a book 50 pages. Yeah. You give it 50 pages and yeah. see how it does. Mm -hmm. So I tried. I tried. I think that's a dense book too from what I've seen. 50 pages is, or 30 pages is enough. I It was enough for me. Mm -hmm. It did me in. Mm -hmm. um, and I went to it thinking this is going to be great. Mm -hmm. It's t it's punching all my buttons. It has all right. Of the right components. Like you should like it. Right? I got in that book and I was like, I'm not co-signing this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to keep reading this mm -hmm. and co-signing this character's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I, I will not spend the next 300 pages with someone who doesn't know how to put on a fucking backpack. Oh, yeah. Not the, doing it. Yeah, the scene in the movie, I remember. Yeah. It was cute. It was funny because Ruth Witherspoon is she's so tiny. tiny. <laughs> and it was pretty comically. I mean, it was like she's just like a bug trying mm -hmm. to get off its back. And it looked like it was for real. You yeah. Know, they loaded her down. But, um, but yeah, it was kind of like do it. figure out how to like put on a backpack before you go hike. I mean, maybe I'm an over planner. So I would probably, <laughs> I would probably hire like someone to coach me for a year or before something. I would go on a tour. Or at least, you know, yeah. learn something. I just feel like, I mean, I'm, I'm generally really hesitant to tell people that I didn't like wild mm -hmm. because it is along the same lines as in, as right. in Anjali where it's like, well, do you not like women's accomplishments? Right. Right. Are you not like personally <laughs> proud of Cheryl Strayed? Right. Right. No, I'm not. And I'm sure that Cheryl is not a huge fan of me either. Not that she's ever heard of me. <laughs> Cheryl, if you're listening, uh, call me. <laughs> you're in the same town. Um, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I've never seen her in person. Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to pick her out of a lineup. Yeah, I don't know that I would either. Mm -mm. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, yeah um, that's cool. But yeah, I feel, I felt like, you know, bringing up the I didn't like such and mm -hmm. such mm -hmm. female writer means I'm somehow a traitor to the cause, and I right. really struggle with that. Well, it's also kind of like, so I worked sort of in an industry for a long time where I, I oversaw a database of movie um, reviews and bios and data and things like that. And so I have seen a lot of movies. Yeah. And then I was at a job, and there was, I find that every year there's like some sort of little movie that the entire world gloms onto, like Little Miss Sunshine is in my oh, mind. Yeah. Where people are like, this is what movies should be. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. I the movie was cute. I liked it. It was quirky. I, it was quirky. I, I was like, it was like a solid three star movie for me. But I was like, <laughs> I like that. You know what I mean? It's great. It's a three. It's a three. <laughs> but I, I was kind of like, this is the cut or the Silver Linings Playbook. Mm -hmm. Also enjoyed it, like some parts of it quite a bit. Three. Yeah, three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Maybe. Ooh, a quarter Maybe. Star. It was essentially bullshit. Like this idea. <laughs> well-acted, funny <laughs> Just the idea that they were going to get off their meds or whatever. I mean, like, whatever, both bipolar, like, whatever. Um, I do think Bradley Cooper is really good at playing assholes. Yes. Like, I say that with great admiration. Everybody's good at something. He's really good at playing someone <laughs> who's basically a dick. Um, but I, I, it was just kind of like, you know, if you're that excited about this film, you're just not seeing... Mm -hmm. This sounds... Okay, I'm in already. I saw my You're just not seeing that many movies. Yeah. And that's fine. Some people aren't seeing, some people don't have, they have other things they're doing. Mm -hmm. But it was just sort of like, 
when I hear people ranting, oh, the best film of the year, and it's so brilliant, I was like, no. And I and every year, because I, I, I've, I've spent enough of my life around movies, I can kind of pick out like what the movie is yeah. going to be. I don't no. yet know what it's going to be this year, but um, where it's going to be just quirky enough to not upset anyone, mm-hmm. and people are going to feel arty when they see it. Oh, that's a that's an important yeah. You got to feel like you're boho, like you've got your baguette and your your, your beret. <laughs> Um, you know like like oh little miss sunshine had something to say about us as, it's about um, mortality as american <laughs> i was like oh come on that's oh, amazing it did not um but i don't know what that movie's gonna be this year but i'm sure there will be one i'm sure there will be one and i will want to see it oh yeah i'll probably see it too and i'll be like that was cute it was, three three it was like the, what's the one about the king's speech king's you know? speech that was okay that was okay that, that was, was okay. just like yeah whatever. three yeah it's like an airplane movie yeah like it was nice like oh great he made the speech mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel i feel like we get that way about books too i well, mean yeah where you just I just feel like there's so much pressure to be inspirational. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's what because it's rewarded. Right. You know, you have for Silver like, Playbook, the, you have two mm-hmm. characters who are like kind of bad. Like, really? Yeah. If I met you guys in real life, I'd be like, I'd be nervous. For I them. would walk the other fucking way. Oh yeah. Especially <laughs> if he was wearing that fucking garbage bag. No, yeah. fuck the garbage bag. You look like Missy Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it was like with wild, I think there's this pressure it's like, oh, this is amazing and, and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But it's it's kind of like, well, why do we anoint like this one mm-hmm. book? There's a series of books by women yeah, that are just gritty enough. We could write a syllabus about this. Yeah. I yeah. could probably sit down and write the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's kind of a structure at this point. It's, yeah. a, it's a subgenre. Yeah. The yeah. inspirational memoir. Right. That, that has just enough like real trouble in it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's bad words in it and, and all that. Ooh. And all that stuff. <laughs> But it's like, but why can't there be a whole universe of these books? Like, yeah. why does there have to be the one? Why is it just one? Yeah. I don't know. And everyone's got to like it. And you, of course, yeah. you're you're Or compelled. you don't like women's writing. Yeah. And it's like, no, I just didn't like this book. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, for one, get tired of, and, you know, if, if you've read any of my stuff, you know that, mm-hmm. like, my background, I've been through some shit. Yeah. I've been through some yeah. shit, let me yeah. tell you. Um, But I don't. I, I get really tired of reading stories by and about women or female characters mm-hmm. who were just tortured. Yeah. Tortured. Yeah. Um, I mean, to I, I could think of several literary examples, but um, I mean, I recently, I think it was the ninth, uh, a friend of mine took me to the movies because it was the ninth. Uh-huh. And we saw, <laughs> um, we saw, um, uh, Fury Road, oh, the Mad yeah. Max movie. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen a Mad Max movie before. That was the first one I ever saw. It was saw. my first, mm-hmm. and it was in black and white. Oh, the chrome, and Girl. I just saw that that's at the Cinerama locally. Girl, yeah. look into this. I want to I've seen the movie twice. I love it. I really, really liked it, too. Yeah. Um, and I was watching it, and, you know, of course, having all these emotional responses, mm-hmm. which you are supposed to. Yeah. Um, and I, I was watching uh, Furiosa. Yeah. Charlie's Darn's yeah. character. She's, oh my God, I love she's her so, so fucking much. cool. Yeah. But I, I was realizing that, like, the entire action of this story hinges on the destruction of her body. Yeah. You know, it's like she loses one thing after another. She's shot. She loses her. her she's already got armless. Yeah, her, right? yeah, her, she her loses, like, this fucking cool metal claw that she mm-hmm. has. I mean, her, she's stabbed in the spine. She's mm-hmm. practically dismembered. Yeah. You know, in, in pursuit of this harebrained mission to find a home that she never really had in the first place. Yeah. A safe place for women. A safe place for mm-hmm. women. And I, I was having some feelings around that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would have liked this more 
if she was allowed mm. to enjoy her success. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I really connect with stories about women who have, who have their shit nailed down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been writing, we talked a little bit about this with, um, before the phone call that we're recording right now, <laughs> but, um, so I'm writing this, I'm writing a novel right now, yeah. which, uh, which is, yes. Thriller. Thriller. <laughs> uh, so I'm writing this, this novel, um, it's called, uh, guns and powders and pills and needles. Ooh. Um, Chris, uh, from recovery revolution will be publishing this. Uh-huh. He's, um, you know, we're both really excited about it, mm-hmm. but it's about, um, it came out of a couple of things. And one mm-hmm. of, one of them is that it's about a young woman, a female lead, mm-hmm. which is unusual in the thriller genre. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's not damaged. Right. Because she's right. not fucking damaged. Okay. So I go to Powell, I'll tell you the story. So yeah. I, I go to Powell's books, uh-huh. the sacred temple of, yes. of Portland books. Um, Go, I go to Powell's and I'm like, okay, so I got to read, I got to read some thrillers. Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading Thrill Me by Benjamin Percy, which mm-hmm. is an excellent, excellent essay yeah. collection. Cannot say enough good things about oh, that cool. book. It's, that's an essay collection? I didn't know that. You need to read that. I will this look at it. craft yeah. essays on like genre and crossover fiction. Oh, I would love to read that because I love reading genre. So yeah. it's so mm-hmm. fucking good. So I go into the thriller. Mm-hmm. There's like two aisles of straight thrillers and I yeah. start walking up and down and I realized... I spent at least 10 minutes looking Mm -hmm. every single book that I found um, that had a female character made a point of saying how the world had hurt her. Right. There were three female authors and they all wrote thrillers about relationships like girl on the train. Yeah. Or gone girl. Yeah. These are mysteries. These are thrillers written by women, but they are about relationships Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and walking up and down that aisle. Domestic thrillers. Big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I forgot where I left my keys. (laughs) There's a domestic thriller right there. Hey, you should see my hat. I mean, that's a big issue. Fair. (laughs) We're almost out of coffee. (laughs) Ah! Um, But I'm walking up and down the aisle and I ended up asking one of the, you know, one of the clerks to Mm -hmm. help me as well. And I couldn't find anything. And so yeah. I'm writing this I thriller about some, about yeah, it myself. I, like, and I thought about yeah. it. I Googled it. Um, yeah. I asked around. Yeah. I got nothing. Even like the PI book, like often the the women mm-hmm. in them are are pretty messed up. Yeah. This one is not. Yeah, yeah. And I I thought you know fuck it, like I'm yeah. I'm a woman. I'm mm-hmm. good with that. Um, I want to write a female character who is a true antihero, mm-hmm. who is not like girl and dragon tattoo. Right. You know, like she, right. she hasn't been raped. Right. Her dad didn't fuck her up. She just likes hurting people uh-huh. and she's good at it. Yeah. And when you're good at something, you make <laughs> you your living that way. You should yeah. do it. Do what you love. Yeah. Do what you love. Listeners, use your talent. And you'll never work a day in your <laughs> life. <laughs> I started writing this book and this is kind of what's come out of it. That's, I love that. It's been interesting confronting that idea that yeah. like, because you know, she, she's not likable. There's no reason. Like there's no. no like, well, I hate that in thrillers when it's kind of like, it's either to humanize like the killer or just to explain. It's kind of like at the end of Psycho, you know. It's there's like this kind of goofy, mm-hmm. and I know it's very dated, but when they blame like, his mom, well, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that still happens. It's kind of like, and it's always the same story. Like it's usually the mother mm-hmm. or something, but it's just not very interesting anymore. It's like until someone at least finds a new way to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, like I was thinking about movies the other day and how so many movies like 
if they need a character, especially a woman, but also a guy to have like a tortured past, they, they get them a dead child. Yeah. Or cancer. Or cancer. I am so, so over that. So sick of it. I just, I'm like, no more dead children. It's not, no. it's shorthand. It's passe. It's not interesting. Also, yeah. children stop dying. Right. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like children, what is up? Oh, such a cliche. If any children, children are listening. Yeah. Just get it together. Yeah. And also, please don't listen to this podcast. Be good Be good to your mom. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a, a series. Have you read the Carol O'Connell Mallory books? No. They're really interesting. So she's, there have been about nine. She's a slow writer for, as a genre writer. I mean, she's written like nine over like 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. But this character, she's with the NYPD. And she's like a true anti-hero. Mm-hmm. The books are very well written. They're really densely written, the prose and the plotting. But... Yeah, the whole idea is she was basically grew up feral hmm. and and was adopted or something. And it's the closest thing I can think of to someone who definitely is incredibly fucked up, mm-hmm. but not ever. And you never really find out why. Yeah. It's and odd. she's really unlikable. That's great. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think that's a lot of freedom. I'll put that on my They're list. super weird books. Like I've, I've given up on some of them. I'm just like, this is just too slow and too mm. naughty for me or something. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're interesting. Like mm-hmm. it's the closest thing to a heroine who's just unlikable and there's no explanation. I think there is a lot of freedom in embracing your unlikability. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I've read, you know, we're friends on Facebook as mm-hmm. well. And so I read your posts about, you know, some man emailing, mm-hmm. it's always some fucking oh, man God. emailing you to tell you that you're angry right. or like to give you some free fucking advice um, about whatever yeah. Um, yeah. crossed through his little brain. Oh, um, they're so helpful. Do you feel like being put in that position, like where you're so, your, your thoughts mm-hmm. and your writing are so personal mm-hmm. and yet so public, um, that yeah. coming up against like that much criticism from people who mm-hmm. don't fucking matter. Right. If that's, I mean, has that been helpful to you? I, um, right now I'm sort of, cause I'm, I mean, I'm actually, you know, openly will say I'm trying to build a career. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's kind of part of it. Mm. So that's not a problem for me. Um, I was listening to an interview with Ta-Nehisi Coates recently, a writer very similar to myself. Mm. Now, <laughs> in, in every way. In every way. He is so delightful, first of all. I was. I just thought he was charming. I sort of thought he'd be very stentorian mm-hmm. or like, well, very let me serious. tell you about it. And he was just awesome. I Aww. loved him. But he was talking about, you know, getting, I guess, hit, you know, he got a lot of criticism for his book. And this is beyond like just people being incredibly racist or something. But, but there were people, he said some criticism he thought was totally legit. Like there was some um, stuff about like, why aren't women more part of this? And, yeah. and he was like, you know, I consciously decided not to go that way, but that's legit criticism. Mm-hmm. Someone really engaged with this book. Um, but there was other types of criticism where he was like, you know, my book, it's not for you. Yeah. My book's just not for you. And so, and I was like, oh, right. Like mm-hmm. my work is just not for some people. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're stupid. It doesn't mean they're bad readers. Mm-hmm. My book's just not for them. Yeah. And so that criticism is kind of a moot point. I think it's going to have to be because yeah. I'm going to have to stay sane. Um, <laughs> you can't, why would you want to please everybody? But it's like at the same time, I don't want to, like if there's a reader or someone who could actually shed light on something for me, mm. you know, I don't want to not listen to anyone. Yes. But it's, so I haven't figured out like what's the difference between not listening to anyone and listening to everyone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when, when guys are like, it's always men who are like really worried about whether worried someone about is, your, is angry. And whether or not you're <laughs> under control. Right, right. That's what it is. That, um, <laughs> that I'm always sort of like, dude, 
there must be women in your own life. If you're going to be bossing around your own female friend, <laughs> if you're going to worry about some woman's anger, like maybe it should be someone that you actually know. That's so interesting. You know, and, and they're friendly. I mean, these are friendly. Comments. Well-meaning. Well-meaning. Yeah. These mm. aren't guys who are like, I think you should just shut up They're. I'm sure you've gotten a few of those. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And those guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, you're just sad. You're just a sad little man. You don't want to embrace them with open arms and listen to their bigoted no. ass opinions. Or try to talk them out of it. Right. You know? Yeah. No. Oh, no, it's just like noise. shooting fish in a barrel, you know. Mm. Thing is, I'm like, I could just eviscerate you, but, but I'm you're not, not going to. Yeah, because you're better than that. Yeah, and also I don't want to get murdered. Also true. <laughs> yes, also there true. are. For the men who are listening, there are serious repercussions yeah. to being a female in the public eye. I mean, one of them is death threats. Is, is death threats, which I, I have not. Just been nice. They're I mean, overrated. I've, people think some people are like, I think that you should die. You yeah, know? I. What well, that's. You will eventually die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the jury is out on that. It's true. <laughs> it's you true. do look great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to trying to hold up my end. Money is part of the deal. It's like yeah. if if you become a famous woman, you're either likable or and relatable, or you're mm-hmm. true, or yeah. you know you're you're sexless. Right, um, right. Or you're a dyke. Right. Or whatever. Right. At you're... least if you're a dyke, you're not sexless. I guess. No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> not either, but ladies. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was I heard something with Glennon Doyle Melton. I haven't read her books, but but I listened to a podcast with her, and she I guess her new book is all about like she found out her her husband, her now ex husband, mm-hmm. had been having affairs their entire marriage. Oh, girl. And so I know like a long 15, 16 year marriage. And Jesus. The whole book is about there's a lot about like his porn addiction, about their sex life, and she and she's a Christian, and she was really worried. She has a large Christian audience, and Whew. she was really worried that and, and ready for her audience to come after her for writing so and frankly say. about sex. Yeah. And she said she didn't get a peep about that. Really? People were upset because she seemed angry. You're kidding no. me. No. And she was like, really? she was like, I could not believe it. This was what upset people. Not the sex stuff, not, you know, the porn stuff, but the fact wow. that I was angry. And she was like, well, how, why would I not be angry? How could you not be angry about yeah. that? And why would I not write about that? Jesus. Like, why bother writing the book if you're not going to? Yeah, you know, be honest. It's not like it's easy. No, you might I would, as well make it worth your while. I would say, I'm, yeah. I mean, I guess that just goes to show that you you can't predict what your audience is gonna like. Right. Right. You now, for me, like I'm again, like I'm comfortable being a weirdo. Um, I I would rather have a reputation with mm-hmm. the people who edit me, and the mm-hmm. people who publish me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm good with not every reader liking me because not everybody's yeah. gonna get it. My right. stuff is weird. My yeah. stuff is emotionally weird, yeah. and it's intended to be that way. Um, well, but it's, it's unapologetic about addiction too, I think. Well, why should yeah. I apologize? Right, exactly. I don't know. I yeah. can't change it. Um, it's, I mean, it's like the wallpaper in my life. It's, yeah. it's everywhere. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, I, it, it means a lot to me that I've been able to grow these relationships with mm. editors at different literary magazines, um, you know, with Recovery Revolution. Mm-hmm. It means a lot when an editor gives me that feedback of you are so easy to work with. Yeah. You are yeah. so, you know, your your revision was so smart mm-hmm. or you immediately understood what I was asking for. Mm-hmm. Like that means a lot more to me yeah. than somebody who's coming out of the woodwork to tell me that like, I, you know, <laughs> just like, like what maybe, you know, <laughs> did you try moderation? Right, right, right. Bitch, if I could moderate, <laughs> right, right. you wouldn't be contacting me. <laughs> right, right. This is not a story that would have been written in the first place. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I know. Did you try moderation? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like in what sense? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, 
<laughs> I catch it down to three substances a day. <laughs> it's so unfun. Like I was able to moderate, I mean, able to, you know, have like mm. my three glasses of wine a day, which, um, my addiction was just alcohol, just alcohol, but um, that old thing, that old thing. Little chestnut. It, was, it sucked. Moderation it was suck. such a drag. Like I was telling That's someone recently that it was genuinely so much easier for me once I realized that I just could not drink mm-hmm. because to give it up entirely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm a little bit of an, and it's interesting because I tend to be a black and white all when my dog's is having a dream. It's okay. Squeaking. She's squeaking like a little picky. Ella, it's okay. Um, oh, what did we dream about? I just wonder. Bacon. And bacon. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Having lunch. Oh, we, yeah. we always joke because my, my dogs eat breakfast and dinner. That oh. They're like, what about lunch? But they dream about they lunch. They dream about lunch. So sweet. Um, but, uh, what was I oh yeah, the moderation thing. That, um, I tend to be a black and white thinker, all or nothing. And so I think for a while I fooled myself into thinking that, that, moderating was a healthy thing because mm-hmm. I wasn't feeding into my black or white thinking. But uh, I've since realized there are areas where it's something like that that'll ruin your life. Like mm-hmm. black or white thinking is fine. It's just fine. Yeah. It would yeah. be like if I were allergic to shellfish, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, well, you know. <laughs> I better take it easy. <laughs> One skewer of shrimp a day. Should be <laughs> <laughs> It'll really tide me over. Right. Uh, no, in, I, in AA, I heard this, you know, they have the, these wonderful platitudes mm-hmm. and it's like, if you can, con- when you controlled it, you couldn't enjoy it. And right. when you enjoyed it, you couldn't control exactly. it. And that totally clicked for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess I'm, I'm guilty of black and white thinking too, but I just, it, it's a lot easier for me to just be totally abstinent and just not have it on the table as a question. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've met people who used other things recreationally mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I just am not, frankly, I don't miss it. Mm-mm. And I don't, I don't want the consequences. Um, I, yeah. I'm okay with not being able to trust myself around that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't feel, I feel the same way. And I don't feel like it means that I'm a child or immature Mm-mm. or, Mm-mm. you know, it's just like, there's some things, um, that I just don't want to, I just don't want to mess around with. I, I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's been one of the things that's created the most questions for me, um, mm-hmm. especially with like this much time in yeah, yeah, um, and seeing a lot of friends relapse, mm-hmm. you know, losing people um, mm-hmm. and going through that. God, that's fucking hard. Yeah. But I have met people who moderate successfully mm-hmm. or, you know, I remember coming out sort of to my family mm-hmm. when I started going to AA, I, you know, finally was like, so I'm be going to, <laughs> be going to Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> Like I I hadn't had a drink in three years. <laughs> You're like, why? <laughs> well, I'm lonely. I don't yeah, know what oh, right, I'm right, doing. Right. But I I remember my sister telling me, um, and she's right, uh, saying, well, you know, Claire, some people just grow out of that. Yeah. Some people yeah. drink the way that you did. And granted, she didn't in know college about the other stuff. Mm-hmm. She didn't know about the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, she did say, yeah, I mean, some people drink that way and then they learn how to do it responsibly. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's been a real temptation. Mm. I would say that that has been the only thing is that I I can't conceive of life without sobriety. Yeah. And when it comes to that stuff, I just can't trust myself. Yeah. Well, you were so young when you got, so you were like 23. 20. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was 42, 43. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of adult life 
Yeah. Under my belt drinking mm-hmm. and like traveling and drinking and drinking fancy stuff and going to wine tasting, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that fun stuff, mm-hmm. um, not the glamorous, the glamorous stuff. stuff. Yeah. Drinking in Venice and drinking in Tokyo. Drinking, drinking in fabulous in... outfits. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was hard, you know, I was like, am I giving up like any, I was just like, am I just going to be sitting in a church basement like mentally or metaphorically for the rest of my life yes you but know? you'll be wearing you'll be wearing gucci it'll Fantastic be fine <laughs> i just felt like i was giving up like something about like all pretense of like glamour mm. and which for some reason was a problem for me i think um, it is a problem though yeah i mean no one wants to feel like they're living just like this plotting no you know no life. but I, it turned out i didn't have to no you know? i felt the same way yeah. i felt like especially in my early recovery, like there was definitely the sackcloth and ashes period. Oh yeah. I'm I'm so pure and I am a martyr and I'm just so, you know, I'm so, so straight edge. So straight edge. I was really a lot of fun to be around. Absolutely. (laughs) Girl. Of course. I did a fucking cleanse. I got a colonic. Oh God. Do not recommend it. I I don't do it. (laughs) No, I was planning to, but now I don't do it. No, no. I feel like that stuff just works pretty well on its own. Why would you pay someone? To- <laughs> anyway, that's a topic for another time. But the point is, like, definitely went through like the puritanical yeah. stage, yeah. And and I started realizing that you know if I'm gonna, you know, if I'm gonna live the life that that I want to, mm-hmm. you know, and and when I write about myself in personal essays or in mm-hmm. memoir piece, I'm definitely a character in that story. Yeah, and I want that character to have a good. Mm-hmm. reality you know I want I want there to be some glamour yeah I I think that one of one of the real gifts that I got in recovery was not only a real fucking clear look at what we're actually working with dude mm-hmm. <laughs> right. but that it's not all bad yeah yeah and it's yeah. okay to be silly yeah. or you yeah. know to to go to go out dancing right you know to right. to sleep with you know unsuitable men oh yeah you can still totally fuck whoever you want listeners I have <laughs> it's great <laughs> it's got I'm married, so. She's married, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Open your mind. Open your mind. America. (laughs) Dear America. No, no, I think, you know, as a writer, but like also as a sober person, I think that one of the things that keeps me sober is um, having an imagination, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, especially about my future. Yeah. In AA, like it's called future tripping. I think it's possible to get like tunnel vision about what may happen. Yeah, yeah. But I need to have a little bit of lightness. Yeah. Especially yeah. with recent events. It's like, well, right. I can't believe that we're living in a furor state. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's not good. There's got to be hope. Yeah. And and it can't just be, I've been sort of struggling with that a little bit because I'm angry. <laughs> of course. As usual. No, it's angry. <laughs> and, um, but I was like, I can't just like live in like a, it's so cute. So I was in, um, so I was in downtown Seattle the day after the election. I went for a run because I mm. worked downtown and I was like, I'll just go running here. And, um, and I happened to like run right into a protest march. Oh. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I think I'll just get in this march. That's cool. <laughs> so well, here you are. I was like, here I am. So I just joined the march. And there was this young guy with two of his friends um, next to me. And I heard him saying to them, he was like, it's going to be like this every single night for the next four years. And, and he sounded almost, you know, excited, like exhilarated. And it was just so, and my heart just kind of, it was like, I found it adorable, but my heart sank at the same time. Cause I was like, Oh baby, no, it's not. It's not. It's just not going to be like that. You guys are not going to, it's not cause you're bad people or something, mm-hmm. but there's just no way people can sustain yeah. that. You don't have this kind of steam. No, you're not. It's not going to last a week. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of us, you know, white 
well-to-do, yeah. safe Americans right. in a blue state, in a blue city. Oh, yeah. It, it's like it. in Portland, it was a week of protests and like things have started dispersing. I was wondering about that because you guys really had it going on. Yeah, girl. <laughs> I was feeling we were like, oh, we're sort of a lame. Well, you know? you're responsible up here. Um, Seattle's like the grown up, the, the grown up the, Portland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the big sister. Yeah. Uh, but no, Portland had it going on. Oh, like yeah. six nights shutting the city down, yeah, all kinds awesome. of, all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. shit. And, you know, we're so lucky to live in a country where that's, you know, still allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it started, you know, once the rain started, the temperature dropped right. and all, right. and also like that first week was over. Yeah. Um, I think that people started thinking about more creative ways to well, yeah. sort of disperse that energy. And, and that's been the topic of conversation. It's like, mm-hmm. well, now what? Right. And that's, you know, my imagination has been working overtime. Yeah. Like there's things to be done, but it, it can't just be marching in the streets. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be fine. I have no problem. If people wanted to just shut down downtown Seattle every night for the next four years, I would be perfectly fine with that's that. That's cool. But I'm not going to be out there. No. Um, and I don't know that I, I've been trying to think like, what do I do? And part of it is I, you know, I write checks. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I'm not like, I'm a writer. I'm not like a pamphleteer. You know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. not a polemicist. Some people probably beg to differ. I don't think I'm a polemicist. Um, I want to do, I don't know. Like I want to write my stuff, the stuff I was going to write, but I don't want that to be just navel gazing. Like I'm kind of struggling with the idea that I still want to write my novel, you know, that's set in a college town is kind of a love triangle. And then I'm like, wait a minute in this world. Is that irresponsible? Right. Right. Are we called to do more? (laughs) To write leaflets or something? To write leaflets or I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I just don't want to do that. I think it calls to, I mean, I think for, you know, for me as, as a writer, definitely um, that, examining the deeper purpose of my story, like, mm-hmm. and being able to answer that why for myself mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and the background that I come from with recovery mm-hmm. and with storytelling is that, you know, you're telling your story because you want to connect with a reader. Yes. And I feel like with the changed political climate, that has changed somewhat, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where I feel now called to represent um, to represent myself mm-hmm. and to represent my demographic, you know, to mm-hmm. speak, to speak in a way that, that might give insight to somebody who's different than I am. Yeah. You know, to sort yeah. of open that door. Mm-hmm. Um, no pressure. Right. Right. Uh, right. 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 Yeah, I, and, yeah, I, and I have so yeah. many friends. Like, I have such, such incredibly talented writer friends mm-hmm. who have no trouble accessing that part of themselves, right. probably because they live it. Yeah, think differently than I do, but I'm the same. I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm okay with reading Persuasion again this year. Yeah, I'm exactly. Okay yeah. With my Lori Colwin novels, yeah, and my yeah. Jane Austen, and my Warm Blanket mm-hmm. in my safe house. Um, like I'm gonna read the new Zadie Smith. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that it's easy to say. I mean, Zadie Smith, in her way, is a very political writer. She She's is. writing about race, yes. but it's not. It's not what like you're not gonna find it shelved as political fiction, no. comma political. Um, it's social social comedy, I guess, which mm-hmm. is sort of what what I like to think I write. Part of it too is like I don't want to. I guess I have this aversion to completely upending the direction of my life just mm-hmm. because like a minority of people in this country did something that I think is really really fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't want to say, well, I can't write my novel anymore. I have to just go mm-hmm. man the ramparts, whatever that. <laughs> I don't actually know. I just pictured Battle myself myths. on a on a cannon, like in the yeah. like in Miss Rabla or something. Picture yeah. Eddie Redmayne. On <laughs> I hated that movie. Hated so Is that a one star? No stars. That was like a seven hour ordeal. I swear to God. Hey guys. <laughs> 
Yes. I'm going to jump in here to say that sounds better than ramming the man parts. Wow. Um, wow. But I think that's the I think that's my new man, punk album. Manning the Manning Ram, ramming the, the man ramming parts. the man. I can't even say it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Get the that's boiling true. oil. Um, Dude, I, I, I should have knocked yeah. first to make sure everybody was decent, but um, <laughs> I uh, we're, we're at about an hour. I would yeah. I I'd let you guys go all night, um, but the more I listen, <laughs> we may. Well, and I'm sure you will off air. I, I, <laughs> Thanks for the vote of confidence, dude. No, I'm I'm saying, <laughs> forget it. What I'm saying is, we have you outnumbered. I know, I know, and I, I'm I'm not in possession of all my faculties, um, but I do think that uh, it's it's been phenomenal. It's it's I'm over here rethinking like what what I do, and particularly as you got into politics. Uh, I'm I'm gonna hijack this and and probably suggest that um, it will need a. Uh, uh, at least a third part to to close the you know every every good uh, piece of art is an act in three parts right um, yeah. and, and who knows when that is but I, I do think it'll it'll need a, a third someday um, but it's been phenomenal and it's it, this episode in particular has made me really think about what uh, you know what we're doing with this platform and uh, particularly as you got into politics a little bit. Um, you know, when when the election happened I, that night, I was saying, you know, fuck yeah. it, we're, recovery doesn't matter anymore. We're we ha- yeah. we're becoming a political yeah. show now. We have to do something with this platform and this audience. Um, but the reality is, recovery does matter, and it's not yeah. a. And and but I appreciate how you how you got there. You went through just such. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it was phenomenal because it's exactly what I want this to be. It's recovery as um, just another state of being another part of our beings right uh-huh. and and it was just fascinating yeah. you guys talked about so many just amazing wonderful things um and uh the the one are, are you are you guys going to she recovers is that something that interests you too is that something you're doing i haven't really thought about that's the thing in new york next year yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i probably i'm gonna be writing i'm gonna be like on book deadline okay. then so probably not just the way you were two were talking, it made me wonder if it was something you were doing. Um, and uh, yeah, because I, I struggle with how I feel about like the the the, the thin slicing of the recovery community. And I, and I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I guess I could have a a dudes in recovery or Mexicans in recovery, but it would just be me. I would go to both of those. <laughs> that sounds a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I think my interest in the in the she recovers idea is that mm. I would love to be in in the same place with a ton mm. of those women yeah. who a lot yeah. of them are women I know online and I would yeah, love sure. to know them in real life and it's more that it would be like a wonderful staging ground sure. for me to hang out with them all less less the idea of like organized group activities right. around recovery mm-hmm. I yeah. think no yeah. and I get it I mean and at Waftiak was phenomenal to you know briefly hang yeah. out with all the a bunch mostly it is just mostly women i think that's the nature of i mean our audience i think is like 63 percent women um, oh yeah yeah which is you know smart cool women smart yeah. cool women exactly um, that's your demographic right we have we have very strict uh, <laughs> uh we, have, we have a great bouncer um but uh so i i feel horrible stopping it do you guys want to keep going do you want me to i don't know 
We could do like 10 more minutes. And we try 10 to... more minutes. Why don't we do okay. 10 more minutes and that way we'll sort of be aiming at. We're just going to talk about Le Miserable though. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> That's all we're talking about. Right. I'm actually putting my little. Are you setting a timer? Yeah. So We're setting a timer. All right. Figure out how this works. Okay, so we'll start talking now. All right. <laughs> okay. anyway, I'll, they, I'll back slowly away. <laughs> but I do think there's something about um, being like doing the thing you were meant to do. Yeah. Like I think that if if like Donald Trump were to pull me out of like doing something I was actually meant to do, mm. that would not be that would not be good. You kick his ass. Yeah, I mean, I like it's like ass. it's like it's like I don't want to start writing something I'm not meant to be writing just because mm. he's around. I see what you mean. There are people who are going to do that really, really well. Yeah, I don't want to be one of them, and I don't want to ruin my own life by doing something that doesn't feel natural to you. Yeah, I think not that's valid. Ruined, but you know what I mean. I see what you mean to change course just because you feel again like that should. Yeah, it's a should. It's, it's a, a should. should. Shoulds well, have never led me anywhere good. Yeah, don't should on yourself. Mm -hmm. um, now, one of the things I like about Zadie Smith, um, and also that I see in your writing, mm -hmm. is that you know it doesn't it doesn't lead you to a conclusion. Like you said, it's not right. polemic. It's mm -hmm. not a pamphlet that's like here's here's how I get from feeling thing one to thing two. Yeah. This is how you can change your thinking. Mm -hmm. um, what I like about your writing and about that type of of writing is that it it places the it places the the mines the landmines throughout the story right. and then at the end of it it sort of asks you how you feel about it yeah and we were talking yeah. about on beauty earlier mm -hmm. and i think that that's just that the book. it's fucking perfect i gotta reread that might even reread that before i read the new one. Oh, i think you should but then i might have to read howard's end again if you read howard's end going no it's on my list now. it is amazing like i loved the movie i saw the movie you know mm -hmm. when i was in my early 20s i've seen it three or four times mm -hmm. the book is just so it it feels so modern mm -hmm. it's just margaret schlegel who emma thompson's character mm -hmm. is like my favorite character of that's fantastic yeah, yeah. But yeah, on beauty, you were saying. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, I mean that's a perfect book, and it's a perfect yeah. example of you know of a, a novel that and, and an author who takes on really potentially controversial mm -hmm. subjects. You know, African American, Jamaican American, black. You know what, yeah. what blackness means, what commitment means, mm -hmm. what art means. You know, massive, massive topics. Yeah. And instead of taking those things and reducing her novel to an allegory right. or, or peppering it with symbols. She sort of allows you to experience life with these different yeah, characters and yeah. then asks you, so now how do you feel about race? Right, right. You know, having, having lived this like super intense emotional experience, mm -hmm. how do you feel about married couples now? Yeah, yeah. Do you criticize them? Right. Do you still want that, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it feels like she doesn't come at it with an agenda. Like it doesn't feel like, oh, I set out mm -hmm. to write a book about how mm -hmm. marriage is, is bad or is good or something. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels like, because I've always thought, I personally don't want to write something where I actually know what I feel already oh. um, because I just don't think it's as interesting to write without a thesis statement. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll think I have a thesis statement and then I'm like, I write that into the ground. And, like, but then you've got turnips and you've got <laughs> yeah, exactly. like Michael Fassbender. Exactly. Ooh, girl, I, I need more Fassbender. Yet. I love him. Would you do me a favor and write a, in yeah, about fan fiction. <laughs> so here's the to get back to movies for a second. The weirdest yeah. double feature I ever saw. Mm. I saw the Muppet movie, and what is Michael Fassbender's sex? Oh, shame! <laughs> <laughs> back, back to back. What the fuck? How did that happen? Well, 
because they were both playing and I wanted to see them both. It was holiday time in in Seattle. Oh, oh so they had the matinee both, for children. It was just, they were both at like Pacific places, multiplex downtown. So and I had the whole day and I was like, well, I'm going to see two movies. And then I was like, well, what order should I see these in? Oh God. And I'll tell you, I cried through like half of the Muppet movie. Of just, and then, and then shame. I admired it a great deal, but it's very, it's pretty removed. Like it's pretty mm-hmm. art directed and chilly. Mm-hmm. And, but it was just weird. I was like, I think the Muppet movie actually moved me more. Really? But the Michael Fassbender parts of <laughs> shame. He were, is riveting. He's really, did you see his, um, his Macbeth? No. There was a really good version of Macbeth. You're Mary. speaking my love language right now. I'll yeah, tell you. It was really good. And they shortened it really nicely. So it's not like four hours long. Okay. Um, Marion Cotillard and Michael Fassbender. <sighs> he's just so dreamy. He is super I dreamy. I really love him. Even his Magneto. Do you think he's listening right now? Michael. Michael. <laughs> We're talking about you. you. Are your ears burning? (laughs) We're talking about intentionality in fiction. Oh. (laughs) Such a great name, Fassbender. My Mm -hmm. name's Michael Fassbender. It's pretty good. Christy Coulter Fassbender. I think it's, you could hyphenate. Yeah. It's pretty good. He doesn't seem overly concerned with uh, whether or not we like him. Well, you know, I think he's coming around to it. He's coming around to it. Yeah, he's coming around to it, yeah. Maybe he should work more on his public persona. He should. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's a good Magneto. Yeah. But um, how did we get onto Michael? <laughs> we could get onto Michael Fast better for another hour. Chris is really—he's like, oh, really glad I let him go for another ten minutes. Really glad you're recording this, huh, Chris? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's a, but yeah, she, Zadie Smith, like takes, she just holds up us really lightly. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's just not she never hit you over the head with it you always yeah. feel like she's entertaining herself like yeah. and her novels are entertainments they're, it's they're fun to read they're interesting they're mm-hmm. funny they're lifelike mm-hmm. um you know like laurie Coleman's books you, i love her I, she's just the best she's the bomb. she's the absolute best um god I'm still upset that she died 27 yeah. years ago yeah. or something um but her books you know they form your views of marriage and relationships. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she was trying to do that. I think no. she was just writing these lo- lovely romantic comedies about like Upper West Side people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you walk away with this whole worldview. Um, God, she's the best. She's really good. Yeah. So, so there should be a reading list for listeners of this podcast. We should do that. Yeah. Would you, okay. So cover design aside. So yeah. now I'm very, I'm already cleared my 2018 to read your book. Um, <laughs> so with your, essay collection um maybe this is too much of a pointed question but what questions are you trying to answer with your essays if any what are you trying to work out I think what I've realized I'm trying to work out is the idea like my friend Deborah Baxter who's this amazing um sculptor um she has she wrote a book called I think I'm actually gonna get the title wrong um (laughs) wanting is better than having it's either wanting is better than having or wanting is easier than having. Okay. Um, it's something about the idea of wanting and not wanting because, and the book is called Want Not, although that title's mm-hmm. tentative since we found out there's a novel with that title. It's not as good very, as yours. Very, very angry It's about. already not as good as it's yours. It's just not as good. Um, but it's this idea around like wanting something, like I wanted to want to stop drinking mm. and I kept drinking for a long time because I didn't want to want to stop because of course I didn't. It was much easier to keep just keep drinking. Well, and if you can, why wouldn't you? Exactly, mm-hmm. right. And eventually I had to realize I had to do this thing I really didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something about that, about mm-hmm. like, and, and the idea that things are not necessarily all going to work out just great. Yeah. Um, the high dive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Diving and, into a wet handkerchief. Right, right. And and so it's something like that. And and I don't, I haven't gotten to the point of really looking at the book as a whole yet. Um, I need to finish writing all the parts. But that's the kind of thing I'm sort of getting at. I think that's so cool. It's like it's like Leslie Jameson's Empathy Exams, mm -hmm. which is such a great book. But it's like they all get at this idea of empathy. Mm -hmm. And I heard a, an interview with her. Where people said, "Did you know that going in, or was it kind of like?" Oh, I've got three quarters of these essays done. Like, mm -hmm. what do they have in common? You <laughs> know. And she said, well, a little bit of that, but it was mm -hmm. more that she did have this idea that she wanted to write about empathy, and she found all these really interesting ways to go at it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to do the same thing to look at like wanting and sobriety mm -hmm. in a way that's not, you know, how I remade my life, and you can too. Yeah. Um, because I have no idea what people should do with their oh, lives. Oh, for fuck's sake. What I don't are, even know if people tell? should quit drinking or what not. What are you going to tell them? Know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never know what to say. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting life mm -hmm. and some people don't want that. Yeah. Some people okay. don't want that and that is fine. Um, my yeah. thing is, I guess I would just tell people to realize they, that they deserve their space on the earth. You know, cause, cause they all do. I really like that. Some people, I'm not feeling it so much lately, but. <laughs> We have a short list. <laughs> it's a short list. <laughs> With tiny hands. Um, I may have opinions about how you're using it, but, yeah. but you know, that, that they deserve their space and that, you know, not to try to erase themselves, I guess. Yeah. But that's really all I have to say to the people. To kind of claim that space. Yeah. Um, yeah. That you're, you're interesting in, in, in terms of what you already are. You know, that you don't have to be, you don't have to try and make yourself into a different kind of person. Yeah. Just be the person you are better. <laughs> yeah, you, you, know? you, but better. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's a Dr. Oz book, I think. Is it really? So. You, but better? You, but healthier. That's you charlatan. Skinnier, <laughs> you, but Oprah, if you're listening. <laughs> Oprah, you do a lot really well, but that, you, you just got to deal with Yeah, that. you got to break up with that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're, you're good. Otherwise, I think. Call me. I was thinking about when you were talking, there's that amazing Thomas Merton, I think it's Thomas Merton quote that goes floating around. And and one of the bits of it is something like, um, how does it go? You deserve to be here. Mm, you know, mm -hmm. you are a child of the universe, mm -hmm, no, no less mm -hmm. than the trees and the stars. Yeah. And I just really, I like that a lot. Yeah. And it's not on us to adapt it's, no. it's on us to um, appreciate yeah even if you are a privileged white person mm -hmm. like you also deserve to be here yeah all of us yeah um and that's something that something i see coming out of this election there's a lot of good soul searching about that kind of thing like oh, yeah. i'm privileged what can i do about it mm -hmm. what can i you know and that's really important but you're still you're still okay mm -hmm. you know like it's it's okay to have things it's okay to not have things it's okay mm -hmm. to it's all we do with it mm -hmm. this is what i'm trying to figure out I think you can stop recording, yeah. Chris. That's in the can. <laughs> That's our winner. We're just going to start talking about um Now we'll go Michael back Fassbender. to talking about Michael Fassbender. <laughs> oh. hey, On I that was... super profound note. <laughs> yeah, can you guys talk more about Michael a little bit? So he's no. really cute. <laughs> he's cute. He has a little wrinkly face. Yeah. Um, he's kind of pale. He's a bit pale. He's a little pasty. I didn't right. like him in the Jane Eyre adaptation. No. That wasn't so good. Be careful what you wish for. Next episode, yeah. Jeff, yeah. Matt, and I are going to do chicks we'll go to we think are cute. Yeah. Here we go. Michael Fassbender. Oh, oh he's also a, an April baby. Ooh. He's 39. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> April 2nd. April 2nd. Let's see. He's German-Irish. Uh
His yeah, right. <laughs> he comes by it honestly. He was born in Killarney, Ireland, Ooh. and he's six feet tall. Ooh, wow! At least. Still got about him. Yeah, he he looks he's a strapping uh, young man. Yeah, Jane Eyre, Magneto, Shame, Shame. He got the Volpe Cup for Shame. What's a Volpe Cup? I don't know. I'm Is that a German? That sounds it sounds, it sounds super German, German. Uh, like really. Italian. Coppa Volpe. <laughs> Let's see. The principal award given to actors at the Venice Film Festival. Oh, Volpe. It is named, dig this, it is named in honor of Count Giuseppe Volpe di Miserata. Ah. Wow. Wow. That's really swing. He's having like a really cool life. Yeah, I guess so. For a dude. For a dude. He'll he'll do. (laughs) He'll do. He'll do. Um, When were you in Italy? I was in Italy in like nine. I realized I just butchered the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> no, Venice, like, like 1991-ish. And then I've been back a few times. I was studying. I was in Florence. NBD. Yeah. But NBD, studying in yeah. Florence. NBD. And, um, and then we've been back a couple times. And uh-huh. usually we go for like three weeks and we just rent an apartment somewhere. Oh, that's so divine. I know. It's so, I love Italy. I mean, it drives me crazy, to be frank. Like, it's a week there and I'm like, why? Does, <laughs> this is why you're like this. Doesn't anything work? You know? Like, there's a reason young people are leaving this country in droves. Because but fascism ruins everything. Oh, it's insane. They just, nothing works. But it's, um, <laughs> but it's a great place to visit. I don't, I do oh. not know if I could live there. I'd probably live in Germany really well. Germany yeah. runs quite well. They, they do. Yeah. yeah. There are dark woods to yeah. go to. Yeah. And fairy tales. Oh. Ella. Ella, how was your nap? It was a good My dog. dogs are up now. Excellent. She's yes. just the best. Hmm. That was fun. That was fun. Listener. We could do part three. <laughs> I'm I, down. I feel like, yeah, just for closure, for me, um, it might have to be a three-parter. So if it's, okay. you know. Wait a minute. <laughs> I know how this goes. This is one of those Scheherazade things. Right. Well, oh, no, just one more. Just one, one more. Three and done. Three in a movie. Um, three in a movie. Yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. Oh, it could be like that movie. Have you seen The Trip? No. Where Steve Coogan, it. it is it's hilarious. Good. They he, he and this friend of his who I didn't know, but he's also a comic in England. They drive around. He's a food writer, and they drive from like fancy in to fancy. These it is really allowed. Oh, that one. Uh, um, what? Because I heard a lot of threes. Uh, I heard three. I heard a lot of threes. Uh, Broad and quarter. 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 Broad and news. The Three Colors trilogy. I just bought that on VHS. It's the best fucking trilogy ever made. Um, the Royal Tenenbaums. Also very good. Yeah. Um, Team Marco. Yeah, I love Margot is my idol. The last time I dressed up for Halloween, I was Margot Tenenbaum. Really? I even had a little fake. You had the thumb. fake finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. John made me one. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The Double Life of Veronique. The best movie I've seen this year is called The Fits, and it's an American film about this young African American girl who's like ten who hangs out with her brother in a boxing gym, and she joins a team of like. It's like a dance team, like a drill squad of these other young black girls. And it's the most mysterious, beautiful film. Um, It's only about an hour and 10 minutes long. Okay. And like these girls are having fainting spells, these fits. Mm. It is extraordinary. And I would encourage everybody to check it out. It sounds like The Crucible. 
A little bit. A little it's bit? not. It's a little eerie. It's much more dreamlike, okay. but it is lovely. It's funny a little bit. Like it's it's accessible in its way, but but like only. I I think it's accessible because I've seen a ton of movies mm. and I've seen things that are much less accessible. But that for me is the the. I'm hearing good things about that. I've been 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 hearing good things about that. Yeah. And then the Hollywood Theater in Portland has. I've heard that. Nothing but good things. Yeah. Here for a while. That's been here for a while. That's been here for a while. If I don't. That's been here for a while. If I don't see it soon, I think I'll miss it. People in your big cities, you get everything first. I feel like we. I feel magic room at the Amazon building. I know. Free books, <laughs> the movie theaters. I know. I love Seattle. Such a good. You know, we have a month long film festival. What the fuck? It's just amazing. It's we get like so a great. week. <laughs> it's a good friends. week. Yeah, but it's a week. But it's a week. Yeah. Well, the thing about film festivals, you realize, is that like not everything shown at them is good. Like I've seen just mm-hmm. as many bad films, or just three star films. Where I'm like, oh, that was good. And then like a week later, I couldn't tell you anything about it. Aw. But it's it's nice. It's a luxury. Awesome. They they have it in May when the weather is first getting really nice, which mm-hmm. is just perverse. Like it should be in January. That's when, when everyone in dark. Seattle wants to be in a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the fits. Watch the fits. I'll put that on really, the really good. Yeah. We are going to need a media list of all the films and books you, you two. Uh, I can totally, I can totally send. She send can totally list. do that. Yeah. That'd I can have awesome. a whole podcast where I just recommend things. I know. Anyone <laughs> so else you need to read? <laughs> You're really making me question this Colin podcast. Stone. What what we do with this Colin podcast Stone. going forward? I mean, I, I think recovery has to be the foundation, but I, I don't know that it'll be. That it has to be twenty four seven recovery. Yeah, um, I have more to life, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, I, mean, I know. We could talk about uh, movies, things we like that are about recovery, but I, there isn't that much great art about recovery. Not yet, not yet, right. not really. No, not like, we're like, in. I love Jesus' son. Like that was good. Yeah, yeah. but that's not really about recovery. No, it's mostly about using drugs. It's about you. Yeah, yeah it's and there's been a lot of great art about getting fucked up. <laughs> right, right. There's like one, I think at the end, he's mm-hmm. like clean. He's like, like, well, he's yeah. also like fucking fried. I love what kind of life is that? I love him too. He's so cute. Those cheekbones, they go I on know, for days. I know, I know. It's ridiculous. But fucking A, man. It's like all of that and then you get sober and then the fucking movie's over and you're still a loser. I know. He is still a loser. He's still a loser. Yeah. It's not good yeah. enough. Not good enough. <laughs> anyway. Right. Anyway, um, it's, been, it's been great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to end your show. So you guys end it. You have to end it with the Thomas Merton quote. That was beautiful. Me Did you hear that? Tom- An angel got its wings. Yeah. Christy talked about belonging. You, uh, I don't remember what I said. You probably got up and left the room, but it was really beautiful. It was nice. You can end it with the that. Thomas Merton yeah. quote. I didn't think you guys got through it. You are a child uh, of, of the Of the universe. universe. No less than the trees and right. the she's funny she's paraphrasing it now uh thomas merton <laughs> no, no no i was looking it up that's not the end though we're still going this is oh, the end oh well see if anybody's listening they're gonna know that we're not really like the deep profound beings that we wish oh, we no, were they'll know. We're not so how should right. we end it we just say um amen amen <laughs> ain't that the oh, truth you guys need so a catchphrase work on that for the next episode <laughs> think how to end this how to end it Goodbye. well i would say it's i'm so happy that we got to meet in person same and we will do so many many times same um and um 
that's so thank you for driving to Seattle. Sure. Worth, <laughs> this is weekend. worth the drive. Your dogs are great. My dogs are great. Uh, you're great. Thank also you. great. You're great. And um, yeah, it's just, it's so, um, this is going to sound so fucking corny. I'm just going to yeah. say it. I'm gonna stop pressuring me. I'll fucking say it. Um, it's just so nice to meet someone I consider a kindred spirit. Yeah, me too. You know, I yeah. feel like there's there's a lot of people out there who yeah. who aspire to do what we do or who do what we do, yeah. and it's really special to me to connect with somebody who's so genuine um, and just so smart and uh, a pleasure to talk to. Thank you. Thank you. I got past my, my anger. You did great. <laughs> well, we were both angry. We were both angry. We were yeah. over it. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel the same way. I, I feel like, you know, it's it's so hard to meet people just full stop if you're mm-hmm. like me and you just don't actually like to meet people. Um, but, <laughs> but, but it's, it's especially people in recovery that you feel like you're really attuned to. And I feel like yeah. I've met so many amazing people. Yeah, we've been getting lucky with that. Who are just good. super cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like people who my drinking self would have wanted to hang out with too. Yeah. Maybe not if they were sober, but that's a good sign um, though. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like you become a different person. It's more like you just become more who you are, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, so yeah. I'm very happy. Happy place. Yeah. Cool. Talk to you soon. Bye. Talk to you soon, Chris. Bye, Chris. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. How do I hang up?